Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What is up? Welcome in to the Early Edge, powered by the Almighty Sports Line. I'm your host, Alan Bell. We have a fantastic show lined up for you today. But before we get to that, let's take a look at how we did on Friday. You know what? What is that? Pretty even? I'm not the best counter in the world. Looks like five and five to me. Uh, well done there. Emory Hunt coming through on East Carolina. And the Yale Columbia smashed on that over. And Matt Snyder made his Early Edge debut yesterday on the Early Edge and five. Nailing both Kyle Schwarber and Bryce Harper. But you know what? We move on and we move on to today's show. Let's bring in the stars of said show and take a look at who we've got and a fantastic lineup. First off, M Squared, great to see you. Great job last night. CBS Sports HQ nailed the Phillies pick. Well done, sir. Hey, good morning, AB, Micah, Allie. Great to see you guys here. Ready for this college football Saturday, World Series, NBA slate. It's just a beautiful time of year. We've got hockey, everything, just the sports equinox every day, it seems. Let's go. Yeah, absolutely. Like late October, early November is the best time in sports for sure. Allie O'Neill, pleasure as always to see you. How are we doing? Yep. Um, happy Saturday, everyone. Kind of nice to have a relaxing Saturday with no Alabama football, at least to watch. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And Micah Roberts, as always, man, looking sharp. It looks like paradise again behind you. It does every week. It's good to see you, buddy. Hey, thanks, man. And I'm so excited. You guys in Tennessee, man, today's the day, right? Today, pound Kentucky, get ready for next week, Georgia. This is so exciting. I got Rocky Top spinning in my head. Like it's playing over and over because I watched that the YouTube video or the guy dancing. <laughs> that guy moves. I don't know his name. He smiles, but he is just Michael Daxon moonwalking sideways and back and forth. Pretty great stuff. I'm excited for Tennessee. Hey, man, I'll tell you what, man. You've been on it all year long, dude. You were calling it, man, saying it's going to be one of those seasons, and it's come out that way. And, yeah, that video of that guy dancing in front of Needless Stadium is hilarious. His legs, you're right. It is like Michael Jackson, man. He's good. He's good. All right, let's get into the storylines that affect the betting lines today. And, Micah, I'm going to come right back at you, man. We have NASCAR. We're down to what? Two races? Is that correct? Is yep, two races. Last race of the round of eight next week is Phoenix Championship 4. And they got cutoff time. So you either do or you don't here. And there's a lot of guys. You got Ryan Blaney probably has to win. Denny Hamlin. Best thing for him to do would probably be win and not race for points. So it's going to be dicey coming down the stretch here. A lot of guys with different agendas. On the other side, you got guys that are up top that they could go for the win if they want. Um, but why... Why ruin your chances of making the championship four? So somebody that falls into that case is someone like a Ross Chastain that might be able to just cruise all day, stay out of trouble and not irritate anybody and go to Phoenix and try to win that race and win his first championship. So a lot of different strategies and uh, play it out there. But I do like desperation. I like guys that have to win and I like to have my money on them. So. That's what I'll be looking at. Ryan Blaney is one of those guys. Denny Hamlin, I'm not so sure about here. In fact, Denny Hamlin is 
five-time winner. He's had over 1,900 laps led over his career. He grew up in Virginia. He's been racing at this track forever, knows it better than anything else. But this next-gen car completely ruined his groove of his entire life. He was horrible in the spring race, and he couldn't get any. He couldn't turn. He couldn't be. His car just was not set up, and the crew chiefs, nobody could set it up. And it's been like that on these type of tracks, the small tracks for Toyotas all season long. One and a half, two-mile tracks, they've been amazing, winning races. But on these type of tracks, they haven't been very good at all. And, in fact, uh, one of Hamlin's win at Richmond was the same type of thing. He had to do some strategy at the end of the race and win basically on a, a pit stop and out of get out of sinkoons but he only led five laps that day i mean that was a race that they had to gamble so maybe he does something like that again today i don't know but i'm not a, a big fan of taking him uh at this price but uh yeah definitely blaney um uh, all of the guys so the first race we had uh byron won he led 212 laps i think all the hendrick cards are going to be good one of them's noah gregson at 66 to one at bet mgm uh, I got a little piece of that. I'm excited about him. He's a two-time winner in Xfinity and Truck Series at Martinsville. Short track guy, raced at the Las Vegas Bull Ring growing up. Um, this is going to be a good track for him. And he's got a great car. Alex Bowman won this race last year. But with the new car, different story. Uh, Penske looks to be the best with Hendrick as well. You know, I'm with you. It's fascinating, like, looking at NASCAR. You know, first off, what you said about betting people, you know, essentially backs are against the wall. I love yes. it uh, in almost any sport, especially you know, obviously professional sports, hundred percent on that. And then two, like the next gen cars, you know, it's really helped some teams. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, like yeah. you said, others just completely kind of decimated them. Right. Yeah, so it really yeah, does. It's fascinating. Yeah. It's fascinating on that. And, and to get your thoughts here, our man, Trent Wade, he likes Christopher bell over Ross Chastain minus minus one twelve and a quarter of a unit on Ryan Blaney to win outright at plus eight fifty. What are your thoughts? I know you spoke about Blaney just a second ago. Yeah, Blaney, make that a full full unit play. Make it a two-unit play. This guy's desperate all season long. He's been pushed around, been bullied all season long, and he keeps saying, he goes, I'm going to just have to start wrecking people. Let's we'll start doing it. This is it. <laughs> this Everything's on the line. You better start doing some paybacks and get yourself up there because you've got probably about 10 paybacks owed from drivers this season that have put you out of the way. No wins on the season. Mind you, 19 drivers have won this season. And he's not one of them. That's just amazing. So uh, this is a spot he can win at. He's a Penske driver and done well. And, and of course, Chastain, uh, Christopher Bell, the reason I like him a little bit here is he won at New Hampshire. And it's a mild track, but it's a paperclip shape, uh, no no banking. So uh, it does relate similarly as far as setups here. And Chastain, like I said, I mean, I think he'd be happy with a 10th place finish. So you think uh, Bell can get in the top 10? That's a good bet. There we go. There we go. All right, Allie, coming over to you. The NHL season, we're underway. We've got, what, seven, eight, nine games roughly, you know, per team that we've gotten through so far this season. So we're, we're still very early. However, what do the betting trends look like? Break it down. What are you seeing? Yep. So obviously favorites, 61.3%, um, 76, 40, and 8 on the money line. Um, but then looking at underdogs um, on the puck line, they're 77 and 49, and that's 61.1%. Um, and then home underdogs, they're actually 26 and 12, and that's around 68.4%. Um, I mean, with the money line so juiced as they are in hockey right now, I definitely think the puck line is kind of going to be the way that you're going to want to look. Um, I mean, favorites either way, it's really hard to want to take one. And then 
um, risk having that empty net or anything like that when you're on that puck line. Um, but I do think just based on the way, if you don't want to lay minus 175 for almost every game, you're going to have to start looking at those puck lines there. And I do think the dogs are a good spot. There we go. Lovely. Perfect. All right. Love it. All right. Let's get into our picks for today. But before we do, let's take a quick break and hear it from one of our partners. And we are back. All right. Coming over to you, Mike. Now, this becomes my favorite question, right? Whether you're on the show or traveling on the move doing this every week, people ask first quarter plays college football. You've got one for us today, man. Hit it, brother. What you got? Yes, A.B., you know we've got a first quarter under the most fun sweat in sports betting this time of year. We're going Ohio State, Penn State, under 13 and a half, minus 110, currently available on MGM. We'll watch and see how this one moves here. You're definitely not going to get a 14, at least I don't think you will. Uh, I think it's probably going to settle in at 13 everywhere. But I love the spot here. It's an early game for Ohio State on the road where the Penn State crowd will have an impact. Both of these teams really kind of started slow last week, uh, and they've started slow multiple times so far this season. Yes, you know the drill in the first quarter. No sense of urgency at the end of the quarter. Uh, look, these are our favorite bets to play. This one has a slight edge for me here. Um, I like the under 13 and a half, banking on the defenses. Penn State defense is absolutely elite. Obviously, we know how elite Ohio State's offense is. The Ohio State offense should ultimately win out here. I think Penn State can keep it close, potentially cover the spread in this game. And that starts with a low scoring first quarter. Let's go under 13 and a half. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. Well done. All right, Allie, coming over to you. You've got a couple leans here in hockey today, and I believe both of them are totals, correct? Yes. Break it down. What do you got? Okay, so um, just on Saturdays, based on the way it's been going, um, I have been going a little light, um, mainly because we haven't seen lineups get released and confirmed and goalies, and that's a huge thing for me especially. So I have been kind of laying easy, but I do have two um, plays that I want to kind of give out as leans here. Um, so the first one is the Rangers and Stars under five and a half. Um, it's one of the few five and a halfs we've seen, and of course we're going to take the under on it, but Jake Ottinger, he's five and one, and he has a 1.17 GAA, and he hasn't given up more than two two goals in the game. And then on the other hand, Igor Shosturkin, um, 3-0-2, and, and he's a 2.57 GAA, but both teams have really seen low-scoring games. The under is 6-2 and two in both of them, and I really think Ottinger is going to be the key here because the Rangers really just haven't been playing as well as I think a lot of people have been expecting, but the Stars have been really good and only allowing an average of 1.88 goals per game, so I think the under is going to be the play there. And then um, Avs Islanders over six. Again, I like this one because, again, it's we're getting that whole six number. Um, but Georgiev, he's four and one, and he has a 2.56 GAA. But he did get a game in against the Islanders because he was with the Rangers last season and gave up three goals. Um, and then Varlamov, he's one and one, but um, he did give up five goals last season against the Avs. I just think we both or we see both teams um, pretty equally matched on the offense there. So I would rather take the over because I think we could see a – potential overtime or close game. Um, but that, or I would actually kind of not want to take the abs. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. Now, all right, Allie, real quick, uh, while we're talking about NHL totals. All right. So I got some question in the chat and Danny asked right here, uh, ask Allie about the high betting totals in the NHL. Almost every game is six and a half. Have you seen a big variance, you know, this season compared to last season, anything like that? Like, what are you seeing in regards to totals? 
Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, last season, most games were probably open up around this time, like five and a half, six, probably on the high end. And now that we're seeing these like the low end, almost six, six and a half, it's definitely changing how you're going around. Because I remember, I mean, so many games last season that I only hit because we got that empty net and it pushed it to six versus having a team that you're waiting for that seventh goal. And I think it's a huge difference. Awesome. You're the best. Thank you. All right. Now, Micah. You are in the cleanup spot. I'm going to go real quick, get two plays out, and then let you run the show, my man. All right, so I already gave out Tennessee first quarter, minus three and a half against Kentucky tonight. Um, so that, take a look there at your books. It might be at four, might be at three and a half. Uh, definitely price shop on that one because you're going to see some variances there. Tennessee's outscored opponents 96 to 24 in the first quarter of games this season. And let me tell you this, Tennessee is the fastest scoring team in the country, or in the SEC. Kentucky's the slowest scoring team in the country. That's how slow that they are. I think that you're going to see the most aggressive start to a game in Josh Heupel's career at Tennessee today because he knows if he could get up 14-0, you, you take care of business. They're done. Kentucky cannot play that game whatsoever. We're also going to play Navy, team total over 27.5 at home against Temple today because I'm just fading Temple. In everything that they do. I just do not believe in this football team. They're one of the worst in the country. Sorry, everyone that is a Temple alum. All right, so those are my two. Now, Micah, you've got two plays, one in college football and one in game two of the World Series tonight. So, my man, I'm getting out of your way. The show is yours. Yeah, I uh, bet this last night, San Diego State and Fresno State over the total was 42. It's 42 and a half. We're seeing 43 pop up. The news is from my most reliable source, my paid consultant when I used to run sports books was he told me that uh, Jake Hayner is going to start in this game. And I'm looking all over. I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen any release or news on it, but I took him for his word. I trust him. So I bet it. And it's 42 and a half right now. Some 43s. Uh, Hayner, the last game, in case you don't miss, he's like six, six and a half points to the number so we'll see that number move it was i saw tens game was nine it's up to 10 now it's probably going to move forward when news breaks that he's going to play so something to watch for but just an example of what he did his last full game against oregon state uh they lost 35 32 29 of 46 no interceptions 360 yards and a touchdown carted off against USC. Logan Fife comes in, has not been good, can't make the connections, can't make the passes. Obviously, not many can. Hayner's going to be in the NFL. And then uh, San Diego State's going to have to play catch-up, I believe. So this will be a fast-paced game because of the quarterback situation uh, with news. Hopefully, uh, the news is true. Uh, to keep a lookout on it, but uh, I, I, I'm willing to go with my source. And then uh, the baseball game. Fantastic game last night. This is the script that was made for the Phillies, right? This is what they've been doing. They take care of game one on the road. They've done it against St. Louis. They did it against uh, the uh, Braves. They've done it against the Padres. They did it against the Astros here. Now they go to game two where they lost in the previous two series as well, as well as the final regular season series against the Phillies. They won the first game and lost the next two. Not that that matters, but Framber Valdez was one of those pitchers and in his outing against the Phillies in the last uh, regular season series, five innings, two hits, no runs, and 10 strikeouts. I mean, that's a lot of strikeouts for five innings. Um, he's pitching so well right now. They've won his last three starts. He hasn't allowed uh, no runs in two of his last three. They've won 11 of his last 13 starts. They just win behind this guy. He's been like their best starter down the stretch. So I think they're going to get the win here. I'm probably going to go with the under as well. But uh, Astros tie it up to tonight. 
There we go, man. There we go. All right. Now, Frank in the chat asks, uh, BTTS on the MS MLS playoff games today. Frank, uh, <laughs> I'll say this. I uh, I stopped once we got close to the postseason because those things started to just dry up like the Sahara Desert, dude. So no place for me on those. Uh, it definitely changed in just regular, regular, regular season as opposed to the postseason. Things got tight in a hurry. All right. Everybody grab your paper, grab your pencil. Let's take a look at recap here. It is glorious. All right, M squared is on Ohio State, Penn State, first quarter under 13 and a half. Michael Roberts says he just broke down San Diego State, Fresno State over 42 and a half. The Astros money line minus 134. I'm on Tennessee, first quarter minus three and a half. And the Navy team total over 27 and a half. Chip Patterson from Friday, Wake Forest minus three and a half. And Emory Hunt from Friday, Fordham, Holy Cross under 73 and a half. And Jackson State, Southern under 51 and a half. But you didn't think we just had that, did you? Bam! Hit you with it right there. Our college football show, Week 9 edition. Tom Fernelli, TCU, West Virginia, over 69. Notre Dame, plus 2.5. Wake Forest, minus 4. Cal, plus 17.5. Michigan State, team total, under 16.5. Jacob Fender, who just sent me a picture with Paul Feinbaum, by the way, which is hilarious because he's at the Florida-Georgia game today. Iowa, team total, under 23.5. Nebraska, team total, under 20.5. Colorado State, Boise State, under 43. North Carolina, minus 3. Oklahoma State, plus 1.5. Chip Patterson, Pitt, UNC, over 64.5. Wake Forest, also on at minus 4. TCU, West Virginia, over 69. Rutgers, Minnesota, under 41. Utah, Washington State, over 55. Florida, Georgia, under 56 and a half. Michael Roberts, Northwestern, Iowa, under 37.5. Syracuse, minus 2.5. Florida, Georgia, under 56.5 as well. TCU, West Virginia, over 69. Oklahoma State, plus 1.5. Kentucky, Tennessee, over 63.5. Penn State, plus 15.5. And, and Allie, if you could... Hit us with those two leans again. What do you got? Yep. So the Avs and the Islanders over six, and then the Rangers and Stars under five and a half. Okay, perfect. And you had those as leans, so I didn't want to include them on the official, but we definitely wanted to make sure that we got those out there because, as you said, Saturdays have been a little difficult in regards to getting information for NHL games. So that's all the damage we could do for today. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. We will be live Sunday morning, normal time, 10 a.m. Eastern, not to mention We'll be live at 12 p.m. Eastern for our Sunday kickoff show for the NFL and then obviously for Sunday night football at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. So join us there. But until then, everybody, best of luck. It's Cashy's Tickets. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks.